Welcome, scientists, to Microsode number seven, a blaster podcast supplemental fucking thing. It's been an eventful summer for Auditore Bolordo. I am still imprisoned by the evil brotherhood of the Winking Tooth in the fantastical Scottish village of Eyemouth, but I hope to escape soon. <laughs> microsode number seven is a very special microsode. I apologize profusely, but I have put it off. It's a month late because last month I released an experimental podcast substitute known as Muffed Movies. I think it was a lot of fun. I think I'm gonna do it again. Now, Old Dottore has a lot, 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 lot of Ask Dottore questions. So I'm gonna cut right to the chase and get the goose by its caboose. We've had a lot of awesome scientists uh, write in to Old Dottore asking questions or, or just otherwise saying things. So I'm gonna read them and uh, answer them to the best of my ability. Here we go. Uh, the first message is from Al, who writes... Dear Dottore, I am ashamed to admit this, but I have a morbid fear of penguins. It's their blank expressions and the way they shuffle around the bleak landscape like the dispossessed youth of a dystopian novel. My question for you is, will it ever rain so hard that these normally flightless terrors will be able to swim through the air? Or, failing that... Dear Dottore, everyone knows that white wine accompanies fish and poultry, and red for beef and other darker meats. As a veterinary surgeon, I am embarrassed to say that I don't know what color of wine I should be drinking whilst performing routine checkups on the many tortoises, lizards, and ferrutes that I have to deal with on a daily basis. Little help, please. Also, just wanted to say I love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Al, for your words of encouragement and your intricate multilateral questions. To answer the first question, no. It will never rain so hard that penguins are able to fly through the air. But don't lose heart, Al. Climate change promises to flood more of our aeroports within the next five years. So you may yet live to see one of those beaky fish bags soaring down the runway at insultingly slow speeds. Your second riddle is a bit harder to answer. What type of wine should you drink while animal mechanicing on other people's broken pets? Well... Uh, being an indiscriminate omnivert, I don't know much about pairing wimes with foods, but I can tell you this. The ancient Greeks used to quaff wime before a battle, because they thought it replenished their soon-to-be-spilt blood. So, if you're eating swordfish, bjorcupines, or broken glasshoppers, then a potent red wime is just what Il de Torre ordered. Or just drink blood. Portable and affordable. Hazardable. Friend of the show, General Ironicus, asks, Who oh, what's the deal with antimatter? Uh, General Ironicus. Antimatter is subatomic particles that have the opposite charge of what you'd expect. For example, protos become contrasts, electrons become positrons, and neutrons become eldrons. Does antimatter exist, you may wonder? Oh yes, it has been observed in particle colliders by real live science types. Should anti-monster exist? Absolutely not. I'm against antimatter. I'm pro-matter. I'm a promotor. I'm Promeo and Juliet. Oh, thank you. Next, Twitter user Arkin Black inquires. Arkin Black. Arkin Black. Arkin Black. Arkin Black. Who's the darkest? Arkin Black. Arkin Black. Arkin Black. Arkin Arkin Black. Black Black. Twitter user Arkin Black. Twitter user. Twitter user Arkin Black inquires. What's the science behind sacasacs used to capture sacamon? Is antimatter involved? Ooh, tie-in. Uh, anti-mother has nothing to do with sacasac technology. No, the technostrophy behind sacasacs relies on the ancient Japanese art of bone folding, or asegami. By cleverly and painfully folding the limbs of an imprisoned sacamon, a sacamon master is able to contortionally smash up up to 600 different types of sacamon within the space of a child-sized squirt bag. 
Yes, Arkin, sometimes the oldest, most horrific ways are the best. And finally, John Godwin writes, Dr. Dottore Doctor. I've just recently started listening to your show. I've started at episode one and I'm just wrapping up episode 18 now. I'm already a big fan of your work and your obviously superior intellect. <laughs> oh, John, I thank you very much. If you haven't done an episode yet, could you interview your idiot roommate for an episode? Also, I would love to hear Kat Evans come back again. She's one of my favorite guests so far. My question for you is, what is time shaped like? Most people say it is a line. Some say it branches like a tree. Others say it's just a big circle. I know I can find out the truth from you. Thank you. Thanks for the message, John. I'll answer your questions one at a time. Number one. I'd love to sit down and chat with my old roommate Mark Zoloft in an episode of Blaster Podcast, but right now there are just too many scientists eager to disgorge their brain lunch into the pod chamber's memory holes. To deny them would be a card against humanity. Also, he's been a real nervous Nelly ever since I shot him at Christmas. Question number two. You want Cat Evans back for a third episode, eh? Well, John, she is a powerful magus and a dreadnought-class actress. I don't have the money to hire pros like Cat Evans all the time, but you know what? I'll see if Cool Dottore can pull some strings and persuade her to return, perhaps in the winter. Now on for number three, your primary question. What is time shaped like? Well, John, if you think about it, time is a formless substance that we lay out to measure the rate at which our youthful dreams and ambitions shrivel up and fade away. Therefore, it follows that time is shaped like a conventional household shriveler. Shrivel me this. Shrivel me timbers. Shrivel long and die hard. Shrivel and die. That's a song from James Bond. Well, ladies and gentle mambos, that just about wraps it up for this question-filled microsode number seven. Uh, stay tuned for later in July, where we will have a full-length episode featuring the Davids from the Blurry Photos podcast. We are so excited for that one. We're going to be talking about science myths. Also, I hope to escape the, the prison of the Brotherhood of the Winking Tooth and perhaps defeat the Wyvern, finally, after a long summer of not doing that. In August, we will not be having a microsode, but instead, stay tuned, because we will be releasing another episode of Muffed Movies featuring my idiot roommate Mark and his friend Andy. Until we meet again, dear listeners, keep your head on your neck and your neck in the plastic bag that somebody tied up your whole body with. <coughs> Good night, everybody! <laughs> Hey, Blaster Podcast listeners. Thank you for listening through the end of the microsode. This is Dottore's roommate, Mark, and I have a special treat for you right now. I have a new episode of Muffed Movies coming out in August. My friend Andy and I are going to do the whole Empire Strikes Back. I am so excited about it, but I'm not releasing it until the middle of August in place of the next microsode, where the next microsode would typically be. I'm super excited about it, so I wanted to give you guys a tiny sneak peek of the episode. I am so excited about it. Uh, this is a classic scene set on the swamp planet of Dagobah where Luke Skywalker is training under the tutelage of his master, Yoda. So enjoy it and stay tuned for later this month for an episode of Blaster Podcast with David and David from Blurry Photos. It's going to be awesome. Okay, bye-bye. Luke Skywalker stands on his hands, doing a handstand, with Yoda balanced precariously upon his foot. Luke is stretching out with the force and lifting rocks. Yes, concentrate. 
Let the force flow through you. Yeah, it's easier when I'm standing on my head. When am I ever going to need to know this? Nah. This is like social studies. <laughs> Look, social studies was important. What Talk name... to you about the Constitution? I don't name one thing about the Constitution you remember from middle school social studies. Habeas corpus. What? What is that? I don't know. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I'm an alien. And I feel exactly like that. Lifting these stupid rocks, Yoda. That's why you suck at it. (laughs) When he breaks his concentration, Luke Skywalker drops to the ground and Yoda falls, shattering his ancient back. (laughs) I'll tell you who sucks, Yoda. It's you. Oh, God. (laughs) I used to think that friends were only the (laughs) most important thing. And then I got on a stupid swamp planet. And now I don't have any friends. And I can't do any more things with the Force. (laughs) Luke, sorry. Luke Skywalker starts kicking Yoda maliciously. All I've done is work for you and have you run on my back and left a lift box. No. <laughs> yeah, I'll throw you into the swamp. No, 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 no I'll tell you what. I'm afraid of the swamp. I'm going to drop my spaceship on you. No, no. That's what I'll do. I'll just lift it up with the force. Hang on. No. Let me try and just lift it up. I can't, it's too big. It sinks back down, even deeper, weirdly enough, into the swamp. Uh, Yoda coughs out a tooth. (laughs) If I, your spaceship, uh, uncover, will you stop beating me? No guarantees. You made me real steamed up. All right, settle down. (laughs) You can't lift that, you're just a little guy. I don't even think you're a real Jedi. Oh, yeah? Watch this. (laughs) Yoda clasps his hands together in prayer. Suddenly, his crucifix necklace lights up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The heavens part. And a golden light lifts the X-Wing up out of the swamp. The X-Wing drops water and swamp muck down out of its exhaust ports as Yoda caresses it through the forest back onto shore. Luke Skywalker is flabbergasted. What? But how did... uh, That's impossible. That is why you fail. Smash wipe! (laughs)